0: My name is Victoria Wren. When I was 13 years old, I realized that peer-to-peer mentorship has the power to change the world. This is my story. We see posters in school. You can be the change in the world, and it's very inspiring, but I always was like, I don't know, do I deserve to create change? Now, a question I always ask is, how can this create impact, and for who can it create impact? That's been one of the best things of doing this work. It's shifted my whole way of thinking.
1: Hey, I'm Danny Washington, and welcome to The Genius Generation, the podcast about young people who are changing our world in big ways. On this week's show, my guest is Victoria Wren. When Victoria was 13 years old, she had an epiphany at a speech and debate summer camp. Her peer mentor, Ashna, supercharged her learning experience. When Victoria and Ashna realized how powerful peer-to-peer mentorship could be, they knew they wanted to spread the power to others. The result is the organization STEM and Buds that uses the power of mentorship to foster a love of science in young people. Victoria, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Oh, we're so grateful for you and all the work that you're doing in the world. So what is STEM and Buds? Seven BUDS is
0: a for youth by youth nonprofit. We have after school chapters, summer camps, and outreach programs for elementary and middle school students from public schools to community centers to transitional homes across the country. The first three sessions are focused on local lessons with applicable discussions and challenges. So what that means is at our Florida chapters, we'll be talking about infrastructure and how to make more effective transportation. And in our Pittsburgh chapters, we'll be talking about the implications of air pollution as we were this giant steel manufacturing hub. And then after these basic STEM introductory lessons, students will be paired up with mentors who are oftentimes high schoolers or college students. And what we try to do is we try to pair mentors and students with diverse experiences. So as they're becoming friends and developing their own project, they'll learn from each other. And then at the end of our program, each student ends up creating their own science-based social project. So that can look like anything from a reading tool for students with ADHD to a water filtration project that's sustainable. That sounds like a lot of fun. What is the problem you're trying to solve? STEM education is often super metric-driven and one-dimensional. It's very fact-based and sometimes can feel a little bit constraining, like here's information. If you don't like it, then you probably don't like STEM. STEM is often perceived as highly technical and very isolated from the rest of the world. And there seems to be little framework engaging diverse community stakeholders, whether it's community members, organizations, or other people to build a discussion where all voices are included.
1: Inclusion is extremely important, especially in STEM. You mentioned mentorship. Is
0: that one of the ways that STEM and
1: Bud solves some of the
0: problems you mentioned? Oh, 100%. We focus a lot on -on one-on-one peer mentorship. That's one of our core principles and what we stand by.
1: Mentorship is truly the game changer. I know it was at least for me growing up and to this day, even as an adult, mentors are everything.
0: Yeah, I know without the mentors we have, just personally and also with Stem and Buds, we would not be where we are. And I think having somebody there or multiple people having your back can make the self-doubt go away really quickly.
1: Fantastic. Let's jump back just a little bit, Victoria. So tell us about when you first had an interest in science.
0: My parents both work in statistics, so I've grown up around lines of code and massive amounts of data and them telling me about their results and what they found. So I've been able to grow around a lot of the principles of identifying problems, testing it and whatever form that takes place, and applying what I've learned to something That I see as a problem. And I wouldn't say there's a specific moment, but I think a lot of my environment fostered an interest for science and the principles associated with it.
1: So basically, you've been applying the scientific method to your day-to-day life.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or at least in the decisions that you make. I know I, I definitely do. I try to take that process, that simple process that you just mentioned, and use it when I have difficult decisions to make or trying to figure something out and find a solution for something. All right, STEM and Buds, what initially inspired the organization
0: and how old were you at the time? Oh, I was 13 years old. And what sparked it was when I went to a speech and debate summer camp before ninth grade. And there I met Ashna, who's now the co-founder of STEM and Buds. What happened was we quickly became friends and began learning more about each other. And at some point of our two hour long conversation in the hallways, we started talking about science and what we liked about it but we didn't and then really quickly all of these different points of we wish science had more mentorship or we wish science was less competition oriented started to go back and forth and we really struck up this nice discussion and this nice list of things that we hope to change and it's hard to describe but it's like when you truly connect with someone and you truly have something that you share in common and you don't even realize it, especially as you're just getting to know each other. That really set us moving forward into realizing that this idea of changing science education wasn't just a feeling that was like isolated to us, but something that a lot of people about and wanted to fix too. So is Ashna older, younger? Ashna's one year younger. So actually it was a funny thing. She was my mentor at the camp. And through that, we, we thought mentorship worked super well because now we're still close friends and wanted to also replicate that within STEM But
1: That's interesting because I think a lot of folks will think that mentors always have to be older, but there's this aspect of peer-to-peer mentorship where you're around the same age range mm-hmm. and you can relate to each other in a different way and then be able to share knowledge and inspire each other.
0: Yeah, 100%. I'll say with Ashna, I've learned so much. I'm interested in the social side of a lot of science-based issues, and she's interested in more technical things. So it's been really interesting to hear and talk to her and get her opinions on different issues, because sometimes we share different opinions and different perspectives.
1: So you and Ashna met at the speech and debate camp. You hit it off and decided to start an organization. How did you get started? Give me the nuts and bolts of starting an organization at that age.
0: Oh, it was not easy. I think a lot of the times we see posters in school, you can be the change in the world and it's very inspiring, but I always was like, I don't know, do I deserve to create change? And it was this weird sort of concept that I had to grapple with. Now, whenever I'm looking at problems in my life, It's still similar to when I was younger, applying scientific principles, but a question I always ask is, how can this create impact and for who can it create impact? And I think that's been one of the best things of doing this work because it's shifted my whole way of thinking.
1: That's a great perspective. I think we all have a responsibility wherever we live to to impact those around us in a positive way. I truly believe if that were the case, if people decided I have these gifts and talents and I want to share them with my community, we would have every need met. For every mm-hmm. single person yeah <laughs> that's at least the world I hope to live in one day <laughs> mm-hmm. so tell me about a breakthrough or aha moment that you had and how did it feel
0: the first breakthrough moment we had was our very first program After we developed it from all the feedback we got, we had to cold call 10 or so schools and we are lucky to be connected to one that didn't have after school programs. So we are super excited to be one of the first people to introduce the students to STEM education. And the aha moment happened after our very first session. It was super hard to describe, but when I was younger, I was super shy and my third grade teacher changed that for me and it's this really warm feeling where you feel like people are listening and seeing you and hearing you for who you are and what you believe and not judging you and seeing students feel. I think what I felt when I was younger with the third grade teacher was my personal aha moment. Can you
1: tell me that story about you and your third grade teacher?
0: Yeah, so when I was younger, I was super shy and my mom had to wrap a toothbrush with yarn and give it to me. And I would just squeeze it when I was anxious. And I called it worry wart, which showed how much I was, I was worried. But with my third grade teacher, like every day, she'd ask very specific things about me to show that she cared. And she would say things like, you're working super hard. Thanks so much for putting in so much effort in your essay. And it's little things like that, that build up and create an environment. I think that's inclusive to everybody and really step by step can create a rippling effect where one student builds confidence and then maybe creates something like an organization that helps other students or creates another project and it's like this chain that keeps on spreading.
1: Well, you're absolutely a part of that chain (laughs) with STEM and Buds.
0: So how has STEM and Buds grown
1: or evolved since you began?
0: It's been three years and we're really lucky now to have a team of over 100 and work with multiple regions across the world.
1: Yeah, I read on your website that you've got chapters in Chicago, Maryland, Florida, New Jersey, even in Canada and Toronto. And that's incredible.
0: Yeah, we have directly impacted 3,000 mentors and students throughout these three years. And it's been really weird seeing that number. I was just looking at the document with our spreadsheets and everything linked, and it's it's wild. I still can't really wrap my head around it.
1: Have you heard from individuals that have been affected by
0: your program? And how does that feel? From our very first program, we have students like Lana, who we're still in touch, and it's been three years. and. From our program, she's been able to start her own science club and recruit other students to join the science club to participate in a regional fair, and it's the first one they've ever done. So it also continues that rippling effect, and that's what we value most. That's tremendous. So what are your personal ambitions for the future? I never knew the nonprofit world existed. Like, I knew the Red Cross, and I knew all these big places that my parents donated to, but I never knew like what that actually meant. And now I hope to work in the nonprofit field and specifically in education slash technology. Totally. Do you have
1: any advice for other young people who might want to pursue something similar?
0: Yeah, I'd say first, clearly identify what you want to do whether it's with the climate crisis or whether it's with gun control, it can feel like you have a really heavy weight on your shoulders and the problem's so big and complex that it's overwhelming. Make sure you connect with other people and reach out to other young people who are doing work in the area or doing work in general that you find is cool and adult mentors who have experience or are just in general supporting you. It makes everything so much more enjoyable because, Without the people, the work is sometimes a little bit tough.
1: Well said. Victoria, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real joy having you on the show today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Genius Generation. If you want to learn more about STEM and BUDS and maybe even sign up to participate, go to stemandbuds.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate and subscribe. The Genius Generation is a podcast created by Seeker and Tracks. The show is hosted by me, Danny Washington. Emily Feld and Eben Hall are our producers. Caroline Roth, Brian Simagala, and Matt Morales are Seeker producers. Our editor and sound designer is John Pappas. Our executive producers are Brett Kushner, Michelle Smalley, and Brian Pendergast. Our PA is Navani Otero. Thanks for listening. Funding for the Genius Generation comes from the Arthur Vining Davis Foundations, investing in our common future. How do we create change that lasts? True transformation happens by changing the system, not just the situation. It's a bit like the difference between saving a tree and creating a new sustainable way of doing forestry. Ashoka is a global community of thousands of changemakers who are committed to making systemic change and empowering others to do the same. We get it. Changing systems sounds intimidating, but there's nothing to fear. Join Ashoka for a three-part learning journey to uncover issues you care about, identify the root causes, and start building a solution. Learn more by visiting changemaking.net or check out the link in the show notes. Support for TRAX comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is TRAX from PRX.